It's deep in the night in sleepy old research. The suburb, not the facility. Um, and I, I said we weren't going to have an episode this week, but I lied. You lied, you are. can't stay Mel? away. <laughs> I can't. I'm addicted to podcasting. <laughs> and that is Mel Urbacher. Thanks for joining me again, Mel. You're very welcome, Scotty. I'm always happy to be here. You know, you weren't prepared because I put you on notice and said, nah, having a week off. And then here we are, recording again. Here we are. It's like it was only days ago that we recorded another podcast. <laughs> it is. So we're recording earlier in the week. I'm not officially on holidays yet, so I thought let's sneak in a podcast because I still want to hear what's happening in Mel's world. And, you know, the world, the podcast world blew up with your idea from last week. So I thought maybe she's got another one she wants to share with us. Ah. Oh. Well, you're springing all sorts of things on me. No, no other ideas, sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> maybe by the end of the podcast, I'll, I'll come back to you. Okay, okay. But well, I'm talking about the V-Index, and the more I've studied it and looked into it, it's, it's good. It's quite easy to follow. You can track it yourself, as we talked about, but someone has suggested um, that the running challenges can do it already. Well, we might have to send Andy and Laura a little polite email for something to look at perhaps in two or three years when they get a bit of a break from all the other requests I'm sure they've got. There's no pressure, especially because in the meantime, people can track it themselves or figure it out themselves. So, And they can do that from the Running Challenges page as well. In fact, it's probably easier than doing it from their email. So speaking of, did you increase your V-Index on Saturday? Um, I didn't increase it directly. I did do a role that I haven't um, that I haven't done as many of as the other ones. So I worked on it, but I didn't go up an increment just yet. Yeah. How about you, Scotty? So, no, well, I was running. I visited, oh, okay. um, working on my P index, playing the really long game. Went back to Ballarat for the third time. Okay. Nice. It must yeah. be quite. Brisk, I'm assuming, in Ballarat. It was cold in Queensland on Saturday. I don't know if you saw all the memes on social media about everybody up here freezing, but it was colder, I think, actually than Melbourne in many places. Well, I can tell you it wasn't, but it. it I did see a lot of comment from Queenslanders. Always makes us uh, chuckle. Yep, chuckle, I'm sure, is the word. Yeah, so you mentioned Ballarat. It's a bit notorious for being cold. It was actually pretty mild on Saturday. Okay. Um, I was expecting the worst, and it was manageable, very manageable. Ran around in my shorts and T-shirt, which I would have done anyway. But um, Shorts and T-shirt. I wore a beanie, a scarf, gloves, <laughs> um, as many layers as I could wrap around myself. Um, jeans, knee-high socks. Underneath my jeans, I even I even wore sneakers. I've only been doing the slip-on shoes for the last couple of weeks because uh, laces are very challenging for me. But I wore sneakers, and I got somebody else to tie my laces when I got to park run, just so I wouldn't trip. Because I can't, I can't, I literally cannot reach them. It's ridiculous okay. and laughable. What's the showman doing? Too busy to tie up your shoelaces? Ah, he was in bed. Oh. He was too cold. <laughs> and snuggly no. and warm. Yeah, yeah. He stayed at home and um so I left Wesley at home with him as well. So oh. so me and the not quite mini urbacker who's 
coming soon. Um, we, we ventured out and the two boys stayed at home, soft and snugly in their beds. You know, bring this back to me. I'm coming up there in a day or so. <laughs> I'm, coming, I'm coming up there to escape the cold of I Melbourne. did warn you. I hope you bring a hoodie of some description. I, w- I want resort pools. I, w- I want pina coladas by the beach or at the beach. This is not This is not filling me with much hope. Well, did, did you not see that, you know, coconut oil has solidified in Airlie Beach? So, oh, um, even as far as far north Queensland, it's getting quite crisp. Yep. Got Back to winter. Ballarat, though. Back to Ballarat. And, and we're, we'll, no, we're, we're continuing the winter theme because um, you catch up with Kelly later on in this episode. I felt like I was carrying the, carrying the show a bit lately, so I'll let you take all that responsibility on. Yeah, we'll see how well that went. Yep. <laughs> I think I did a better job than last time. Do you remember that time that I had Tim co-hosting and the sound was terrible? I think I did better than that. You mean now our lowest downloaded episode ever? <laughs> is that our lowest download? I can't believe that. Without, is it because it was missing the Scott Trickett factor? I, I, I didn't say that, Mel. Okay. <laughs> stats don't lie. Stats don't lie. Okay. Uh, hey, let's go back to my trip to Ballarat, if we can. Again, bring it back to me. Um, I did have a great morning on Saturday. They celebrated their fourth anniversary. Our ambassador up there, Bruce, he did a great little speech. And I got a bit nervous. Um, and I hope Bruce doesn't mind me telling you this. So Bruce did the he, – he awarded uh, the ED with the, the plaque, which was nice. He started reeling off some stats. And one of the stats was that Ballarat's a bit faster than all the others. And I go, oh, oh Bruce, where are you going with this? And then he said, the other stat that I like is that I've got 50 names in my phone. They're, they're all names of people with Parkrun at the start. So it's Parkrun, Scott, Parkrun, Kylie, Parkrun, John. And so that just shows that uh, what Parkrun has given to him is all these people, these new people into this world. And I thought that was a really nice touch. And it links back to me because the reason I was there and and for the rest of the time I was in Ballarat is because um, Ricky, who we've had on the podcast before, and, and she helps us out. She writes some awesome um, articles for the newsletter and does some social media work for us. Um, we had dinner with her and her family, her lovely family, on, on Friday night, and that was just lovely. Uh, didn't talk parkrun too much. Well, that that's a lie. Probably talked parkrun most of it. To her husband, who's never been to parkrun, but is the expert on parkrun, which was an interesting uh, side note. Uh, but he's then, never so, been, but he's an expert on it. <laughs> he's an expert. He's a great advocate of parkrun. Tells all his friends, tells all his family, you should go there. So Ricky's trained him well, obviously. Uh, but but what never does been. he do on Saturday mornings? <laughs> uh, well, he just stays at home. Uh, he looks after the kids, and I think he's quite happy doing that. He's a treadmill evening runner. Okay. Which doesn't work. Fair enough. For parkrun. But great guy, as as um. Ricky's whole family, his kids and everyone. But then we're so we're we're contemplating maybe looking for somewhere else to live, not really sure what to do. So um Ricky gave us a tour around Ballarat later in well after Parkrun and after breakfast. So it was the extension of Parkrun. He was someone who's been introduced to my life through Parkrun. We live in completely different towns, have only met I think once before, but um we had an awesome uh, 24 hours together, brought together through Parkrun. Common story, Bruce tells it, we all know it, we all live it, but um, yeah, it's real. 
I like it. The connections, they, they extend way beyond the Saturday morning, don't they? They do. They do. So to wrap up the whole Ballarat experience, it wasn't cold at Ballarat. <laughs> it wasn't cold. See, that's the thing. I, I literally had people who were down in Melbourne who um, were sending me weather app like screenshots and their temperatures were higher than they were in Queensland. It, you know, it was, it was very Baltic. Um, I almost wore, you know how the first um, parkrun event of winter every year, South Bank Parkrun do a onesie run? You might remember that we talked about it briefly last year and last year, no, it was two years ago actually, I wore a onesie at Kiwana because I couldn't make it to South Banks. And um, so I was a pregnant unicorn who was timekeeping two years ago. And this year I thought, oh, I should do that again. But you know what? I didn't because the – the onesie doesn't fit over the belly this time. Ooh. Yeah. And so I didn't want to be that person who's, you know, got the guts st- sticking out between Popping the buttons <laughs> of the pregnant unicorn onesie. So, um, yeah, didn't wear the onesie, hence all the other layers, but that's okay. Fortunately, the volunteer bibs just add that extra little thermal capacity um, to keep everyone warm. And you know what? Volunteering makes you warm just because there's so much extra joy and happiness and smiling and high fives and thank yous and stuff. So I had a good morning despite the bitterly cold weather and hopefully it warms up a little bit for you this week during the week, Scotty, so that you don't have to experience um, Melbourne-like weather when you're here. It better. I, I found a pair of pants during the week. Had a couple of meetings, so kind of had to wear pants. But I'm not bringing them to Noosa, the Sunshine Coast. No, they don't set that. Well, you don't usually see people in pants up here anyway. Good. Good. It's been a while since we've heard her voice the podcast she's had a little bit of a break because she's welcomed a new man into her life and into the lives of the park runners around the world his name was charles he's very cute and cuddly her name is kelly and she's our resident nutritionist kelly hodges welcome back to the park run adventurers podcast ah thank you so much mel it's so good to be back and um yeah it's good fun having a little park baby now who goes along to park running, gets passed around and yeah, it's awesome. I'm loving the mum life, the new the new life um, <laughs> that that I've been gifted with. Awesome to hear. Now we um last week Scotty actually did a bit of a segment without me and he mm. hosted and asked all the questions. So we're kind of trying something new this week and I'm going to do likewise. So Scotty's not here for this part, but hopefully I'll be able to ask you some semi-intelligent questions. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So um, let's get going. Um, where, where are we? Well, we're, you know, it's almost winter. The first day of winter, probably a lot of people are listening to this um in the early days of winter. So I know I've been getting cold and um, yes. wanting to hibernate, not unlike a bear and things <laughs> like that. It's probably not going to do a lot of good for my running. Um, <laughs> but fortunately, we've got park run to get us out of bed at least once a week. Yeah. So one question I do have, though, is the whole hibernating thing. Obviously, humans don't do it, but there is a bit of an inclination to want to do it. So is that 
coming from like a physiological thing is there's some part of our body that's wanting to do that and therefore should we all be eating a lot of food now and stocking up and building up our winter coats um, and therefore like burning through it just with a lot of sleep or what's going on with winter in our bodies? (laughs) I feel we should totally be just like stocking up and eating and getting all of the winter fat on so that we can then um, sleep the winter away and wait for summer. (laughs) Excellent. I love that answer. That sounds good to me. Yeah, because I feel that's the answer that everyone's looking for. Everyone would be really happy with that. (laughs) 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 No, when it comes to winter, um, um, yeah, unfortunately, we're not bears, so we don't get to hibernate. We still have to wake up through the days and <laughs> eat and do our daily activities. Um, when it comes to eating in winter, I think, I guess we're um, like we still need the same nutrition. So if you're still doing the same thing day in day, day in and day out, if you're still exercising the same amount, um, which lots of people drop off in winter, um, but then their food intake doesn't drop off with that. But um, if you're still kind of following your same daily activity, then um, your nutritional needs remain the same, whether it's hot or cold outside. Um, What lots of people tend to fall into the trap of, though, is the comfort eating, the warm, snuggly eating after dinner, having a warm dessert, having hot chocolates, having... um, like hot breakfast, like pancakes and everything like that um, during winter just in effort to warm up. And I think that's where lots of people can kind of um, oh, almost like fall off the bandwagon because they've got all of these lovely warming foods, comforting foods, watching movies, having the chocolate and everything. And then with that, it's also a bit too cold to hop up in the mornings to to run, to make it to the gym, to go swimming. <laughs> and so I think it's um, whether it's hot or cold, um, your nutritional needs um, stay the same. So you just have to kind of keep a tab on what you're eating and how much you're exercising and then kind of just adjust it um, based on how you change during the colder months. So if we're we're upping the uh, intake of those warm goodies like the hot chocolates and things like that, should we be trying to increase our <laughs> exercise and things to um, compensate, as it were? Yes, absolutely. Unless you're wanting to put on the winter fat for hibernation, then you don't need to. But if you're not wanting to put on the winter fat, then, yeah, you need to compensate with increased exercise as well. Okay, I'm okay with a little bit of winter fat. We'll see. We'll see how we go. Yeah, yeah. We should have just left that with the first answer with eat more and hibernate. That would be <laughs> eat more and then just get a lot of sleep. Deal yeah. with it in spring, summer when it gets a bit warmer. Oh my gosh, that, that sounds amazing. Could you imagine if humans did that, where we did just eat and then hibernate all through winter and then wake up when it's like nice and sunny and all of that. that. That would just be amazing. Yeah, sounds like Charles is giving it his thumbs up anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so that brings me to another thing because you, you mentioned it's it's like a comfort eating. Um, 
people people want the warming things to warm up and yeah i i'm the first person to admit that i've already started increasing the amount of hot chocolates that are in my normal daily intake just because you know as much as anything i like to hold on to the hot mug it's not even necessarily about getting the stuff in like if if i can just hold on to a hot cup of boiling water for half an hour i'm happy so um but I do have a lot of trouble drinking water as it is um, because I don't feel so thirsty. It's, you know, it's not, I don't feel as dehydrated as I am. Do do human levels of hydration and things like that, like do our needs drop in the winter or are we still supposed to be aiming for a particular, um, you know, number when it comes to drinking water or staying hydrated? Well, that's a really good question and I guess it goes back to um, what your needs are and what your activity levels are. So when it comes to, um, let's say, summer, especially in Australia, um, you are obviously sweating a lot more and so therefore as you're losing fluids, you're needing to replace your fluids, you're needing to replace your electrolytes when you're going for a run um, or doing any form of exercise, you are kind of creating your sweat a lot more quickly, like your body is perspiring and therefore you're losing fluids a lot more quickly. When it comes to winter, um, you're not really sweating throughout the day, so you're not losing that water. And then also when you're exercising, um, maybe instead of sweating within the first couple of minutes, you may be sweating closer to about the 25, 30-minute mark as you're slowly starting to warm up so again you're not really losing as much fluid so therefore you don't need to drink as much um, water throughout the day but you still need to have enough so that you um, are replenishing anything you lose and also just for daily processes like to flush out your body um, you need to be having your water so in winter you don't need as much um, but you definitely still need to be drinking um, a decent amount And, I mean, that changes for everyone, maybe about one and a half litres as kind of like a goal figure for the average person during winter is a good amount. Um, But when it comes to the water, you don't have to just drink water. Like you can jazz it up um, and something like tea or um, any non-caffeinated beverages – they that are water-based they're all counted towards water intake so be it soup or broth or stock or um, just like a simple cup of tea all of that does count towards your fluid intake so you don't have to be sitting there drinking water you can have a nice hot cup of tea um, instead and that would help count towards your fluid intake. So I do know, obviously, it's a little bit um, of different proportions and things like that, that um, tea, even even black tea, is still caffeinated. There are teas that aren't caffeinated and things, but is, is there a certain level, um, like I know, obviously, coffee is a lot more caffeinated. So are people going to dehydrate themselves or impact themselves in other ways if they sort of increase the caffeine type things? Or are there particular types of tea that you can recommend that aren't as caffeinated as um, black tea can be? Yes, awesome question. Um, so caffeine is a diuretic. Um, so caffeine, if you're having it in large quantities, it does absolutely dehydrate you. That's why 
anyone who drinks a lot of coffee through the day, which most people do, um, they'll generally land up with headaches and kind of signs of dehydration towards the middle of the day or um, kind of like your 3 p.m. They get the energy slump, the headaches, the just um, kind of struggling to get through the latter half of their day. Um, but, yeah, so when it comes to tea, tea is also caffeinated, not as um, strong as coffee. You can get um, uncaffeinated teas or decaffeinated teas and you can also get um, rooibos tea, which is like a South African tea that doesn't have any um, caffeine in it. And that one tastes a lot like black tea. Um, so instead of English breakfast, you could be using something like a rooibos tea. Um, also your herbal tea, so your fruit-flavoured teas, they're really good as well. Um, when it comes to coffee or anything that's um, like highly caffeinated, so be it coffee or energy drinks um, or iced coffees even, things with the high caffeine content, we do say for those um if you're having like a cup of coffee, for example, then you need to compensate that with a cup of water as well. And so when you're having coffee, it doesn't count towards your fluid intake because it's got the caffeine. Sounds like uh, Charles agrees with you there too. You, you're training him very young. Yeah, he's going to be a little nutritionist in the making. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you, Kelly. Um, that's that's given us a lot of insight. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Rubos, actually. And uh, lately, oh, awesome. yeah, lately I've also been drinking a lot of raspberry leaf tea, which looks like chaff and smells like chaff, but it doesn't actually taste too bad. So <laughs> that's awesome. You can get a lot of um, like the herbal tea. Um, for example, like a, a raspberry one is really good. Otherwise, if you get um, oh, like you get like a strawberry one, for example, and if you add like a dash, if you add like a dash of um, coconut milk or something with it, it makes it quite decadent. Um, the other thing is with the rooibos, something to try is vanilla rooibos. All right, we got oh. a chatty little bag. <laughs> <laughs> Charles is a fan of that one. I, I like the honey, the honey bush uh, rooibos because it's it's just a little bit. Um, it's I, I wouldn't I don't want to say sweeter, but it's um, yeah, it comes in a yellow packet instead of a red one. If people are looking for it in their supermarkets, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel all rooibos is great, and like when you get like one that's slightly flavoured, it's so so nice as well. It feels like a dessert. <laughs> awesome. Well, some great ideas there for people to help stay warm and hydrated without perhaps adding too much to their winter coat to try and shift again later on in the season. Um, thank you for joining us, Kelly, and we really appreciate you making time with uh, Charles as well, coming on board to uh, be your little apprentice nutritionist for the pod. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. Oh. Um, and thank you for having Charles as well. <laughs> we'll chat to you guys soon. Morning Parkrun Adventurers, it's Melissa here coming to you from the Yu Yangs Parkrun in Victoria. I haven't 
I haven't um, travelled for a few weeks. I've been sticking close to home, but today I thought I would venture out. It's not too far from where I live to the Yuyangs because there's a little bit of a story I wanted to share with you. And it is relates to Dawn. We've met Dawn on the podcast before. I interviewed her quite a while ago at Chelsea Bicentennial and she had a little mishap um, a couple of months ago now. Hi Dawn, how are you? Hi Mel. Yes, um, yes, a couple of months ago I was uh, Yu Yang's. Um, the park run was fantastic, had a great time, but in the car park on my way home, I slipped over and I broke my wrist. Fortunately, after the run, so I did get a time. <laughs> oh, well, that's which the most is, important. It's very important. <laughs> but uh, yes, I came back today to say thank you to all the fantastic people who uh, helped me when I fell over and, in fact, drove me to hospital, which was absolutely awesome. They say park, park, park run, everyone at Parkrun is so friendly, and here it is absolutely true. Yes, yeah, so we've got Peter here. Now, Peter, you were the one that actually came to Dawn's rescue and drove oh, her to hospital. I, did, I was one of the people that helped her out. There was someone else who had a space blanket in their car, but. We uh, tried to organise an ambulance, but it was going to take, what was it, half an hour for the ambulance to get to the Yuyangs. So we decided it would be better to take Dawn directly to the hospital. So we put her in her car and I, I drove her into the Geelong Hospital. That's fabulous. And you've brought a cake today to thank the community for helping you out on the day. Yep, That's least I could do. Well. <laughs> There's not much left. Lovely chocolate mud cake by the look of it. Yes, it's a mud cake. Yeah. Yep. And... Tell us about your experience with Parkrun, Peter. How did you come to be oh, part of this community? I started out um, a bit odd. I, I used to live in Torquay, and there was an article in our local paper about the their first anniversary of the Torquay Parkrun. And I had seen all these people running along the foreshore, but I never knew what it was about. So I read the article, and partway through the article it said, you can walk as well. So I thought, oh, I'll give it a go. And... Um, I've basically been doing it every week since. I've since moved from Torquay to Lara, so support my local park run. Yeah, and it's a lovely little um, course. What, how would you describe it? Well, I find it a bit challenging for me because <laughs> that first, what is it, 1.3 kilometres is a slight uphill and that saps the energy out of me, but after that it's all pretty easy. Yeah, and it's a one lap? One lap. On well, Yeah, no all left turns so it's pretty easy to find your way around yeah and the bushland's just beautiful it is nice yeah and you do see the odd animal um you see some unusual things there's a a group over the other side of the yangs that train their huskies to pull sleds really yeah seen them a couple of times I hadn't heard about that. That's yeah. interesting. All right. Well, thanks again for coming to Dawn's Rescue. Oh, no, that's what anyone <laughs> do, isn't it? She literally slipped right in front of me. Um, Apparently I was very elegant. And, you, and you're all mended now, aren't you, Dawn? I am all mended now, yes. All right. And where are you off to next week, Dawn? Next week I'm off to Early Beach, which will be a bit warmer than Melbourne. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, Dawn's one of our very avid Victorian parkrun tourists. She's always jetting off somewhere. Yes, thanks Jetstar for those cheap flights. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, that, that wraps it up from Yu Yang's parkrun. Happy parkrunning. See you next week. Beautiful. Lovely story there from Mel Ellis, who was at Yu Yang's talking to Dawn and Peter. Isn't it awesome when you hear these stories coming out of Parkrun, Scotty, about people going above and beyond just being a, a co-park runner? It is. Hey, and nice work with Kelly. Oh, thanks. And Charles, her apprentice nutritionist who piped up quite a little bit throughout the interview. He did a very good job also. 
Um, great to hear Kelly back. Love our regulars. I've got an idea for next week, Mel. We haven't spoken to the coach, so I basically haven't been running for a year. Has so it been a year? <laughs> it feels like a year. If it is, it's actually more than a year. I, I look at my Strava um, quite often these days and, and have a have a moment of sadness. Um, Aww, so let's get the coach back on uh, next week. Try to find some motivation. Yeah, maybe we're beyond that. But let's—I just want to speak to the coach again. I really like the regulars coming back, and um, Steve hasn't been a regular, so let's correct that imbalance. Next Sounds week. like a plan. Yeah, uh, but this week at Parkrun, no launches. But as usual, there are always anniversaries, and starting off down in New South Wales at Coffs Harbour. Yep, and there's one at Frog Hollow in Victoria. Gundawindi, Queensland. Jindabyne in New South Wales. Mitchelton, Queensland. Newey in New South Wales. Redland Bay, Queensland. And Shell Harbour in New South Wales, one of our faves. Yep, one of our faves. And there's also one more anniversary. There is. Cannonvale Junior Parkrunner celebrating their first anniversary. Oh, We have wow. overlooked the junior events, Mel. Well... Have we overlooked them? Well, in terms of announcing when their anniversaries was, because we didn't mention Southport and we didn't mention Westerfolds a couple of weeks ago, even though I was there and it was a big, big moment. I remember congratulating Southport. Did we not do oh. that on the pod? Well, I'm, I'm sure we did that on the pod. Okay. Well, then we're just, we've neglected Westerfolds, which um, celebrated their first anniversary a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it was a great day. Can I just recap that? For the yes, please do for prosperity reasons because uh, we had a we had a onesie day. Uh, the kids embraced it. You know, what we didn't do we didn't do a big celebration as in this is our first anniversary. We didn't we didn't have cake or lollies or fruit platters or anything like that. Um, I didn't. We didn't go through stats or single out achievements of of anybody um, that you might see at a traditional anniversary. We just said, "Hey, kids, we made it to year one." Have a run in your onesie, off you go. Well, do you think kids care about stats anyway? Well, that, well being the event director, I, I just didn't think they did. And um, I, I discussed it with my confidant, uh, Kasha, and she couldn't care less. <laughs> <laughs> so you did you did some market research, basically. Pretty you much, had a focus group. Much. Yep. Yep. But we got to one year of, of junior park run, and I was – waiting for this so long and I thought going into it, particularly when we launched, as you remember, we went back. So the three staff members of Parkrun um, are the event directors and that was the plan for year one. And before anybody asks, I'm not going to make any grand announcements on what is the next step for Junior Parkrun because we're still in that assessing the the pilot stage. Uh, But I I thought I'm going to be in this role for 12 months and then will be ready to hand it over. Yep. And and I started assessing that in my own mind. Like, do I want to do this? Like a couple of months ago, do I want to give it up and um, hand it over to someone else? And I don't know. It's not selfish, is it, Mel? But I'm, I'm keeping it. I've actually really enjoyed juniors. <laughs> I've, I've stopped running on Sundays. I've, I've given up my long run and it's really affected my personal running. But I've got so much joy out of it. And I actually – it's got to the point where I actually really do look forward to going to juniors on Sunday morning and volunteering and it's with the kids, uh, no pretension, everyone's happy, it's quick, 
it's it's a very simple concept and I've really enjoyed it. So I'm sticking around. I don't think that's selfish at all. And look, if you're not if you're not tapped out, Scotty, if you're not overextended or exhausted or just feeling like it's too much, then it's the right decision to keep it. You yeah. know? I, I sometimes look back I might have given up Westerfolds a bit too quickly. And I definitely feel I gave up Studley a bit too quickly because I, 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 I don't know if I had this pressure or I feel like it's the events for everybody. And so I want everybody to experience it. So I've had my time looking after the event. I wanted somebody else in the community to do that. But that's why I say selfishly because selfishly I'm really enjoying Junior. So <laughs> I want to enjoy it a bit more. So I'm going to be sticking around at Junior's uh, through the winter months, which is always a challenge on Sunday morning. Well, you know, you've got to do something to keep you getting out of bed. Yep. And all those warm smiles, I think that's a good enough reason. And if you're in Melbourne and you haven't checked it out and you've got a junior in your family, come on down. You won't regret it. I guarantee it. So, man, we haven't talked baby talk too much uh, this week and last week, but this is your last episode for a while. Lyndall is going to do episode 160 with me next week. She okay is. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm looking forward to listening to the podcast with Lyndall as co-host. I think she's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, we've seen Danny. He's training up Mark to, to take over his role. Um, I know we've already tried the Tim experiment. I mean, Tim's welcome back anytime <laughs> to take on my role. But maybe should we start looking at a replacement for me as well? And maybe it could be the Lyndall and, I don't know, one of our Channel 5 news crew. Gary Murphy, I reckon he'd be a great host. He's a great Lindle host. And Gaz of, show. Yeah, the listener meetup. Maybe he can host the podcast. Mm. Are we talking about permanently? You're looking I don't at, know. You're looking at giving away the podcast now. You're just talking about you're keeping juniors <laughs> and you're going to give away the podcast. Yeah. I've got a lot of parkrun going on in my life. You you do have a little bit of parkrun in your life. These these people who have lives outside of parkrun, you are not one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you a funny story. I'll tell you a funny story from this. Um, we did over the weekend, uh, we did a Bunnings barbecue. I don't know if you've ever done them. And being a vegetarian, Mel, I'm guessing not. Not so much, you know. For the Western Foldings, we did uh, the sausage sizzle at Bunnings. It's a big production, it's lots of fun. And caught up with one of my Western Foldian buddies, who's a listener, Stephen, and uh, loves parkrun. And he says to me, Can I talk work with you? <laughs> And I wasn't sure if he was joking or not because he wanted to ask me questions about parkrun, but he didn't want to encroach because it was a Sunday and he thought, well, that's his work. Where's well, that's the work very nice talent? of him to ask. Isn't it? So that's why I bring it up. So thanks, Stephen, for recognising that there should be a work-life balance. But Yeah, that's, that's much more appropriate than somebody poking you in the belly to figure out if it was real or not um, on the weekend. <laughs> So, yeah, well done to him for, for having some consideration and respect for other people. And that's what I'm doing for you, Mel. I'm having some consideration <laughs> and respect for you, so you're going to have some time off. But, of course, welcome back um, when I decide. Oh, thank you. Back. <laughs> <laughs> you are more than welcome. Whenever it is, I decide that you're more than welcome. Yeah. 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 Good to hear that, Scotty. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see how soon that is. And i got to say, Lyndall's been great because she's been on standby for a few weeks and there was a couple of false starts there where I thought, she's on, but you just kept sticking around. <laughs> and she was great about it. This is, so. Yeah, yeah. 
that's yeah she's a one she's a wonderful person we're very lucky to have her on the on the news crew and and now on the co-hosting crew well not yet we've got to get through next week <laughs> we'll see how she goes yeah. <laughs> let's just pull back on the accolades just for a minute great 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 roving reporter but let's see how she goes in the big chair okay well um Hopefully, I get at least enough of a chat with you sometime this week when you're up from the up on the Sunshine Coast to uh, satiate my need to chat to Scotty about Parkrun for at least no the doubt. first week. I'm coming straight to the hospital. <laughs> Okie dokie. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, look, Buster's crying to get out of the recording studio, so I think it's time to wrap up 159 of the Parkrun Adventures. Mel, I'll see you soon and we'll all hear from you in a couple of weeks and we'll uh, will we get an update yeah we'll update the listeners on what's happened when it happens With, if yeah, it happens produced people yeah. keep telling me that no one stays pregnant forever i'm not sure i believe them i'll let you know 